Welcome to Love and Compassion, a podcast where we explore different topics that may challenge our current belief systems and the fears that they generate. Our hope is that through dialogue, you, the listener, will be inspired and motivated in new ways on your own journey to living a more loving and compassionate life. Please welcome your host, Giselle Taraba. Welcome to the Love and Compassion podcast with Giselle. We believe that love and compassion have the power to heal our lives in our world. Today, we want to talk about the power of surrender and letting go. Our guest is Scott Goyette, and he is former chairperson for educators for the National Speakers Association. He's also a podcast host, author, college professor, and personal development coach. He empowers his audiences through memorable stories impactful lessons and tools that help you become more mindful and more deeply tuned into your senses. He's also the founder of the Go Love Movement. He practices what he preaches by loving himself enough to allow his cup to overflow so he can always be in service to others. He believes that life can be so much more fulfilling when you find your purpose, love yourself unconditionally, and live in a state of constant gratitude. Please join us in welcoming Scott. Hi, Scott. How are you, Giselle? It's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I was wondering if you could start by telling our audience a little bit into how you got interested in the Go Love movement and some of the stuff that you're doing. Sure, sure, sure. The easiest way to say this is, and I, and I know that many people are going to listen to this in the future, are definitely realizing that this world isn't always what we call fair. And so... I was in that space where, you know, you're, you're, you're fighting, you're competing everything in life, especially, you know, for men, it's all about competition. I've got to be the best at this, got to be the best at this, find the pretty wife, have the house, do the whole thing. And I was just burnt. I was just miserable. And, you know, on, on paper, I had everything, like everything worked out. We had our house paid for, we had nice cars, we were traveling, beautiful wife, daughter on the way, the whole thing, everything's just picture perfect, isn't it? And I just felt empty. And one day I went to sleep and it was the weirdest thing because I woke up the next morning and I had written a bunch of stuff on a piece of paper. And one of the things I wrote was go love now. And I was trying to figure out what does this go love now thing mean? Well, it turns out somehow when I was half asleep, I bought the domain name golovenow.com <laughs> and I created two acronyms and one of them was L-O-V-E. The other one was F-E-A-R. So it was love and fear. And the love acronym next to it, I wrote, listen. So look at it. It's listen, observe, voice, and empathize with the heart. And then for fear, I wrote, forgive, eliminate beliefs and programming no longer serving you, accepting yourself and others where you're at in the journey and rise up and be resilient. Now, I did this in what I thought was a sleeping state. Since then, I realized what happened was I was probably half asleep, burning the candle on both ends, just running like crazy. And so I was probably in this state of state, which is that, you know, state of mind where in the unconscious mind, it's where you go in hypnosis, where you go in deep meditation. And so I'm in this beautiful space where I'm deeply connected to source while I'm still awake. So I've got the ability to write things down, but my memory is not clear, but I was very clearly dialed to source. So ironically enough, everything that I wrote in these acronyms was literally being spooed fed to me by some people want to call it God, universe, source, creator, call it what you will. This was my first deep attachment to this space, this being, this something much bigger than us or exactly what we are. And I was like, I've got to do more of this. And so guess what I did? 
instead of going to do something with this, I went back to work, worked a little more, got burnt out, but I kept coming back to it. You know, you have that wake up moment. So the two second version of all this is I built this understanding that source spoke to me in a beautiful way and gave me some tools to share with others. I built those over the years. You know, I've been doing this for 15 plus years with Go Love Now, created the movement, spoken in schools, coach people, do all kinds of stuff. And it has been nothing short of amazing. And it, and it was literally spoon fed from me to me from source. And that's what I teach people how to do is to create that awakening where you connect more deeply with self. And I tell people all the answers are within. You don't need to look anywhere outside. Just look in yourself. Use the rest of the world as mirrors to find the truth within you. So yeah, thank you. Did that for cover that. everything? <laughs> yeah, like that was beautifully said. And you know what? We're so much in agreement in terms of that it really comes from within and we have to make that choice. And I love that it started when you were sort of half asleep because mm. I mean, the topic of today is non resistance. So isn't mm. that kind of the, the state where we are kind of the least resistance because you're falling asleep? You're not really kind of churning. You really are yeah. opening up yourself to potentials and to possibilities. And so I think that's that's so powerful. Great. Yeah. And, and it's so interesting that, that, you know, you went back to work because don't we do that? Don't we kind of mm -hmm. say, okay, you know, we, we've gotten this, you know, like what some people for you might call a download or like, you know, like, you know, your soul spoke to you and basically said, you, you need to do this. And this is such a sure. powerful thing to do. And then you're like, well, <laughs> Monday morning back at work. Right. Sure. And it's so funny when we don't listen to that inner guidance, because we are we start to what what happens is we become in resistance, right? And so we're like, well, I got to pay my bills. I got to do things a traditional way. And so, and that kind of pushes us a little bit outside of our comfort zone. Were you pushed at all by that sort of information so, and what it was asking you to do? Maybe, maybe? Oh, yeah. And I, and I love what you're saying too, because it's, it's, I mean, I can explain it in like very simple terms and it, it took me a while to be, you know, able to explain it this simply, but I mean, think of this. Your earthly body, okay, we're eternal spirits. And if we can collectively agree that in some way, we're something eternal, all right, we, we know we're more than this, this body's beautiful, it's, it's wonderful to accept it, fall in love with it, use it along the journey. But as a human, one of the things that we do do is we embrace comfort, you know, where comfort is survival, you know, and, and we're mm -hmm. spiritual beings that can thrive. So while we're sitting here, and we want to remain comfortable, I mean, like I said, Everything that was ever taught to me, my identity, think of this, was built, you know, first grade, second grade. My parents told me this. The church told me this. This person told me this. All nice people really trying to make Scott a great person. No one's doing anything wrong. And so I embraced that identity, which was spoon fed to me. Call it me. And then what's really happening is I'm literally just following what everybody else said to do. But I'm a fractal or a perspective point of God's source creator. So they're telling me to do things like make a bunch of money, work hard, blah, blah, blah. They're not saying there's no limits, but there's no limits. And so when we embrace comfort and say, I'll go to work and I'll do this and I'll get this and I'll get this, we're creating limits and, and we're working in a very safe space. So comfort's all about safety. Even if you're in an abusive relationship or you are in a job that you, know, you think sucks, it's still comfortable. You know what you're going to get. So people return yeah. to it and return to it and return to it predictable and habit forming, right? Like, yeah. you, like you're saying, like, it's, it's, you do the same thing every day, and opening mm -hmm. up yourself to the unknown can feel really scary. Because yeah. it, it requires you to let go of those identities. So what helped mm -hmm. you let go of that 
you know, Scott with the job and Scott with the, <laughs> and actually start to kind of embody more the, the, the calling perhaps that was that you were moving towards. Yeah. And, and, and that's a, that's a beautiful question. And, and one of the things that I always tell people to do, and I've done this my whole life is I speak something and I speak it to everybody. And now I've got to do it because I'm the kind of person who follows through on what I say. So I'll tell you, I'll say, hey, I got a great idea. I got a great idea. Everybody goes, oh, you're being hypocritical if I don't do it. So once I've spoken, mm -hmm. I've got to do it. So mm -hmm. I told enough people about, you know, go up now. I'm going to create this. I'm going to do this. And everyone's like, well, you keep talking about it. you didn't do it. And I'm like, oh, great. So now I've created <laughs> an accountability system throughout mm -hmm. my, my peer network. One of the, the things that I always share with people you know, first and foremost is speak it into existence, create people who have heard you say it and then become it. But a simple analogy to look like, and my coaching clients have heard this a million times. So if anyone's listening, they'll laugh and go, I get it. I get it. You're constantly saying it <laughs> is we live under this beautiful tree, this tree of life. And that tree of life is representative of certainty, comfort. And it's awesome. That tree has provided shelter, a place to play, a place to return home. It's wonderful. And right next to it is life. And life is a river. And so we get fish from it. We can bathe in it. We can play in it. We drink from it. It's just, it's incredible. But we'll go in the river, but we always have to come back to AKA certainty, the river, I mean, certainty or comfort. And, and here's what I tell people. At some point in time, there's going to be storms in life. And we've seen it through COVID. We've seen it through people passing. We see, there's some time where you're like, but this isn't the way it was supposed to be. Well, here's the reality. The river's going to rise. That tree if it's still home, is going to cause you to drown. Because if you have to stay there and say, this is my home, then you will drown. Mm -hmm. There's going to, it's going to happen. That's what life does. It changes this dynamic. And so one of the weirdest things to say is when you start to sense the river might be rising or even maybe before, what would it take you just to jump in that river and truly surrender and just say, I trust life. I trust source. I trust creator. I trust God. Define it how you like, but what would it take? And I can say this, a lot of people, including myself, have had one foot in the tree and done this amazing stretch. Yeah. And you're like, I'm in the river. I've let go. That's and we're right. so full of it. Yeah. Oh, and we're like, look yeah. at me. And, and it's trash. I'm, I want this dream, but I'm still going to do this. Or I'm still going to do this. And we're so scared to go all in. And an easy way to think of this is if I jump in that river, okay, it's going to move me to a different place. We know there's more trees. We know there's more opportunity. Life is forward moving. It's dynamic. Time is created for man, for experience, for us, for us to play and dance together. And, and once we embrace that reality and know that there's infinite trees, there's infinite homes, the home is where the heart is. And we've heard that this world gets really, I don't want to say the word easy because nothing's easy. It gets really entertaining and much easier to process and understand. And for so- sure. I totally get what you're saying, but it takes a level of trust mm -hmm. in, in, I know that historically I had not been taught trust. I came from a child, like a, a family that had experienced a lot of, you know, child abuse and neglect. And so you were not taught to trust. You couldn't even trust your family. You couldn't yeah. trust strangers. You can't trust life. You're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And so that's sort of what we, but when you look at society at large, that's sort of what they teach, right? Fear this and fear that. And so it, it, it's hard to go from that to go through, okay, River, take me away. Oh yeah. So what helps, what can help people just take one step forward, even though, yeah. you know, and then we'll talk about the one foot because I've done yeah. that too. So what can yeah. help people get a little bit closer to trusting a little more? 
That's that's an amazing question. And and here's what I found. You know, when I go into schools and I've spoken to some young kids who have been through tons of trauma, you know, I see them saying, you know, I don't trust this person. I, I see it in their eyes. They're like, you know, I could be in an inner city school where I look very different to the, from these kids. It could just be Hispanic or black or some some other nationality. And they're looking at me like, who's this six, four white guy? You don't know me. You don't understand me. And I start speaking my truth. And very quickly, I see these kids go, how do you know me? And what's happening there? It's nothing that I'm doing. And this is what I've realized. It's I'm literally holding a mirror up so they can start to become introduced to themselves. And so I'm, I'm speaking their language. But what I'm really saying is don't listen to what I'm saying. Don't trust me. Trust you. And there, there's a way to do it. You know, I, I've been blessed to go through some trauma and some you know, issues that have allowed me to be a very good mirror to other people's to other people. And, and in that, it just feels great. And, and trust me, it came with pain, hurting, suffering. I don't love the moments. I love the outcome. And I love the fact that the river banged me off some branches, but said, you trust, you trust, you trust. Here's what we're going to do with you. So when I tell that story and say, this hurt, this hurt, this hurt, this hurt, this hurt, this hurt, this hurt. Uh, like I almost died here, this happened, this. And all of a sudden by the end, they're like, huh, my life's not quite as bad as I thought. And <laughs> so I would say to, I would say this, start with trusting yourself. And I always go back to that. Everything's on the inside. I can remember sitting with my mom, a single mom thinking, how can I possibly ever have what those kids have on the other side of town with all this and all that? Just so insurmountable. There's no way I'm ever going to be. I remember thinking, I can't travel to Florida. Like that was a big thing. You know what I mean? Like now I've seen like Florida. 60 countries. Yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> You're like Florida. But, but even good. like state lines, like, you know, do we have money to go to New Hampshire to that cool hotel? Like you didn't have those things yet. And so I couldn't see the end and little things that people would say when inspired me to trust myself more. Nobody said it ever this succinctly, but I, the, the bottom line is look inside yourself and, and everyone needs to re realize this. We are all fractals or perspective points, whatever you want to call it, of creator, consciousness, source, God. So if you are in the image of, then you are. And so how can you possibly not be enough? So as you start to recall that, you'll fast track slowly but surely. But you have to start with that belief. I don't care what your religion is, your background, your spirituality. Understand that you are part of that source. And so you are perfect at source, but in this human form, we make mistakes and that's okay. You never fail. I either win or I learn. I don't yeah, fail. Yeah. I love that saying. So, yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. I don't know who said it first where you, everyone gets you know, credit, but it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I love that you started with trusting ourselves. And I think and in my own journey, in terms of learning about trust, that was one of the things I realized. It wasn't that I didn't trust other people. I didn't trust myself to be able to cope with their betrayal. And so once I realized that, I was able to then say, oh, I'm giving my power away to these people. I'm, I'm giving my, my ability to be able to cope to others. And so I was able to kind of start that trusting in myself, trusting in my abilities and remind myself of all the times that I had been able to overcome adversities, right? 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's I, very hard to trust yourself. It, I mean, like not you, for all of us, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It is a weird thing. And with that 
you know, you also mentioned not, you didn't use the word compassion directly, but you had mentioned about understanding that we're enough, you know, being able to practice self-kindness. And so all of those things are important kind of on the journey to trusting ourselves because we're not always going to get it right. We're not always, we're, we're sometimes going to be in the river and sometimes we're going to be in the tree, right? Like with the, with the other trees, right? Amen. And so it's about slowly for some people slowly, you know, some people can jump in, others can't. So slowly moving towards that river so we can finally do the jump, right? And that's, so, you know, you use the word compassion, the word I've been falling in love with lately. And I do this a lot. I fall in love with the word. I'm like, so sold on gratitude. Like I'm so yeah. sold on empathy. And I go deep in that word, but grace has been my word lately. Yeah. And, you know, and embrace this compassion, but give yourself some grace. So, you know, somebody might be listening to this and might say, you know, I'll never be able to jump in the river. You don't understand my situation. And here's the deal. I don't know your situation. I don't. And I don't know your journey, but here's what I do know. I do know that you're composed of the same stardust, the same beautifulness, the same everything. We're all the same. So I know this. You have all the capacity that I have. There's nothing that can stop you. And it's up to you to trust you to know you can. And that I do know. So what you decide to embrace and attach to and, and think of this a lot of people attach to obstacles and they make that part of their identity me included mm -hmm. there, there's i'm sure you know we could do a dissection of all the things where i think i've broken through and i'm like okay i wasn't there yet and that's fun like so give yourself some grace it, nothing happens all at once you're gonna have an awakening moment and you're like oh, i'm enlightened i'm here and then you get kicked 50 times and then you're like ah um oh ah I mean, I, I have more moments where I'm like, I'm in touch with everything. And then I do something like, are you serious? Like, mm -hmm. are you real? Did you just do that? Like, you know better. And here's the thing. We're dancing between infinite spirituality and this beautiful soul that we are and this human form that makes mistakes. It's I mean, think of this. The first time you learn to dance or you learn to play a sport, or you learn to swim, you almost drowned first before you swam. You, you tripped over the ball and landed your face before you dribbled. You yeah. stepped on someone's foot before you dance. So give yourself some grace. I mean, this is yeah. even I love if you the think, idea of grace and, you know, like my husband calls it all, oh, we're just in the duality, right? Because mm -hmm. it's, and it's hard to, at times it feels difficult to pivot. I do love that you reminded us, and this is, we have these conversations here at my tree about the fact that we are made of source and are an aspect of source and therefore have the divinity within all of us, but it's hard to remember our own divinity and the divinity of other people, especially when they act in hurtful ways. And so that can really pose a challenge for us. If you actually look at the world, there's a lot of canceling people, not a lot of forgiveness, <laughs> not that there's a judgment. I mean, it is what it is, but I think we forget, we forget our own power and then we forget really the divinity of other people. So, so how do we do that? Like, let's, let's chat about that right there. Cause yeah, so course. how, you know, I've had this you know, conversation with so many people and I always love having it with someone new. How do we love the unlovable? You know, part of surrender, like think of like, we're sitting here speaking today about surrender. So we're jumping in the river. We're doing, let's say part of the river says that we're all one. So right now, think of the politician that you can't stand. Think of the actor or actress that did the bad thing. Think of that family member who's, Ooh. and how do we love them? Like, how could they possibly come from the same space as us? How can we all come from the same energy? There's no way. Yeah. And, and I have another silly analogy that I'll share. And then I want to get your feedback on yeah. this too. But, you know, you always hear about breath being source. You know, we, we, when we breathe, we meditate. 
and we do breath work. So watch this. If this is source saying, let's create a dual existence, you know, to bring your husband in, it's perfect. You get the duality, the polarity. So here we are. Here comes the duality. Ready? So that we can exist. The breath is the duality. So here's the darkness, the creation, the light. We've got just this expansion. So some people are going to be away from source further in the breath. Some people are going to be close to the source. So somebody says Jesus is their savior. Perfect. Maybe Jesus is just barely out in that breath. So very close to source. And maybe somebody you say Hitler. How could Hitler be human? Well, maybe he's the furthest point out from source. So what do we do as humans? If we're all one and we're part of source, we guide the way back. We walk home together. I'm not saying love him in the sense of love what they do. I mean, whoever you feel like you hate right now, and there's people, I mean, listen, I'll be super eloquent and kind and everything on the show, but I'm going to go have a political discussion with my wife and go, what the F is wrong with this person? <laughs> and then I'm going to come back and say, how can I be better to guide people to a space where behaviors like this don't exist? Is that easy? Oh man, I wish I had a, a handbook of how to do it. Perfect. I'm just like you, I'm playing the game. I'm in the dance. But if you think about this, if the Gandhis, the Jesus, the Buddhas are just barely broken away from source as the breaths being taken they're the first part of the expansion and those people that we see is just disgusting. They're the furthest point, but they're still part of the breath. So how can we bring them back to the lungs, the source, the creator together? And, and that's what we're doing here. That's part of the dance. So you don't even have to connect to them. You don't have to be part of them. Just be the light and lead the way. And Again, it's very easy for you and I to sit and say this right now in the heat of the moment. How do we do that? And I think it's like anything else. It's a practice. What do you think? Like, how do you do it? I, like I agree with what you said. It is a practice and a choice. So for me, I think one of the things that I have found within my self-love journey is the more that I loved myself and accepted myself and really understood the reason why I did the things mm. I, I was most hurtful when I was hurt. And so the more I understood my own behavior and the more I was able to give to myself and fill, like you said, fill my bucket so that I could give to people for my overflow, the more I was able to understand other people's behavior. And I think once I got an understanding that we are part of source, the soul cannot be destroyed. It cannot be broken. Mm -hmm. And so I think we are in this life. And I say, I think, because my kids challenge me. They're like, you don't know that. How do you know that? Sure. <laughs> so from what I feel that I know, what I know is that we are all in this world to be mirrors of one another. And I think maybe when we cross over, we say, hey, Scott, thank you so much for playing the villain in my life. It really helped me to Amen. set boundaries, love myself more, right? And what did I do for you? And so when you look at life that way, it becomes a little bit easier to see the divinity in other people. Because when I think about when I've been the most hurtful, I want other people to forgive me, <laughs> yes. right? And so other people also want to be forgiven when we have been the most hurtful. So it does help me kind of relax those, those judgments that I make. It, and I go back to compassion. My husband and I always talk about the definitions of compassion. And so, yes. and for him is allowing all things to be with non-judgment and curiosity and, and, and non-resistance. Because there is no good or bad. There's just a reflection. And so when you shift away, it becomes easier. But for me, sometimes I have struggled with that. And so what I do do, and, and that's why I go back to the choice, is if I can't love you, then I will allow somebody else to love you. 
I will allow, I will take that time to put my own oxygen mask on, but I won't prevent other people from loving you. I like that. I like that a lot. Like, so, so part of love could be, and and I, I guess I was trying to like say something like that. I love the way you phrase it because I think just stepping out of the way sometime and, and I've done that actively. So, you know, I've been in relationships with friends or, I mean, you know how this goes different, you know, we, we elevate in frequency and just cause your best friend is a child, you know, was your best friend doesn't mean that you guys go in the same direction. And we make choices because we know the five people that were around the most, we're going to become that. So there's yeah. people who end up disappearing from us and those breakups or breakaways, usually a massively tumultuous, it's like a freight train and, and they suck because you love that person. And I think mm-hmm. part of that love and the recognition, because I'm the kid and I say kid, because I still see myself as a little boy in Boston. We call each other kids. <laughs> I will go to everybody's event, funeral, anything like where somebody's hurt or in need. I'll be the first one home every time. And it's not like bragging about it. It's I truly love people. I really do. I might not like what you do. I might not have a connection on the same frequency, but I'm in full recognition. We shared a part of our life. You still exist here. Our spirits are eternal together. I just cannot connect with you in this moment. So I love what you said right on point. I'll step away and let, let somebody else love you, but I will guarantee you. And this is why I love social media media. I'm admiring your success from afar. Even though I think you're nuts and I can't believe your beliefs, I am admiring everything that you are doing from afar. And it feels so good to see you better off and growing. Even if it's not in a space, I can be part of that. And I mean that. Like, I actually feel like, as I was saying it, you suggested it feels nice. Yeah, it does. I was reading a, a quote today that just kind of came at the perfect timing since we're having this conversation. It was from like a 1920s book, Florence Skivel, Florence Skivel. Um, mm-hmm. She's up there with Neville Goddard on. I was going to say, that, it sounds like a Neville Goddard. Yeah, I love yeah, yeah. him. Yeah. And so, and they were talking about how she quoted someone else and she was talking about how People don't understand that loving those that are hurtful or you consider your enemies is actually good for your health because when you keep resentment and anger and all that stuff, and it's actually physically harming you. And so it is, it is something because you had mentioned earlier that interconnectedness, right? We're all part of this fractals of the source. It is good for us to actually be loving and compassionate towards those people that maybe, even if it's from afar, even I can wish you well, and it could just be from afar. I think it, it kind of boomerangs back to us in positive ways. hundred percent. And, and, and so it, it brings up the thing of what's selfish and what's selfless. And I love the question that, you know, I think I asked somebody a long time ago, and then we had many philosophical discussions about it. <laughs> friends was, you know, mother Teresa or one of these saint like people selfish or selfless. And you can say, of course, she's selfless. You know, she had the orphan. She did this. Everything was about everybody else. But her reason for doing things is she thought that she's going to go to a higher place. So isn't she kind of selfish? She's like, (laughs) I'm going to be the best one for God. I want to be the favorite. Like, we can play this game all day long. And and I love that. Like, so what is self? And I love defining self as everything that is seen and unseen. So selfish and selfless literally become the same thing as long as you're taking care of the self, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I love so it. Like I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was so good. Well, I was so glad you brought the issue of Mother Teresa because stuff mm-hmm. is coming out now that sometimes in the homes that they were in, that they felt they were abused. And so it brings that sort of 
you know, you were talking earlier about like, how do we be in our soul and our divinity and still do this human thing? And that was the things, you know, she probably oscillated between like this loving, compassionate being and then this, the human thing that maybe had to do some human things or maybe had these perspectives that were, and so we don't throw people away because, you know, like, because they make mistakes or because they don't always act the way. And I think that's the biggest challenge we face. We still think that love and compassion has to come from people like Buddha or Jesus. And we're like, well, I can't be Jesus or Buddha. I might as well just give up and, and not even try because I, I, I can't attain that level. And that's why there was a, I don't know if you've heard this, there was a huge backlash when the Dalai Lama made a comment about women being the Dalai Lama in the future. People were like, oh, I, I I'm getting I, ready I, you know, to cancel. Funny, I, I follow him. I listen to his stuff all the time. It, to me, that would be super inspiring, but like, I, I get it. But, but, but so here, the whole thing of just that right there. Okay. Everything is identity based. Anything that mother Teresa <laughs> did that she was considering to be selfless is still based on an identity that's delivered from others. So yeah. she's taught about God through the Bible. And this person shared this story. And that person said, this is what a woman should be like. And this person said, this is what a nun should be like. And this person said, and they define that. And she has to receive, even if you're the most critical independent thinker, some of that stuff was sticky to your identity. No one comes in and just fully observes, you know, your husband's idea of compassion is beautiful. It's just observation. It's not attached to anything, but I mean, I can sit here and tell you that I'm very good at critical thinking and I can sit between two things and I'm, I'm probably attached to so much. I mean, this, I'm so sticky to things and you're going to be, and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's how we create this world. You know, Neville Goddard talks about that God is imagination. Yeah. So it is, it's in the image of it's imagination. I mean, really think about it. Like, are, are, are we spirits just realizing this world in our brains and just creating a dream that we live in? Sounds pretty, pretty realistic to me. We've created this, these physical beings to play and dance in. So if yeah. that's the case, I think what she's doing, you know, what, you know, Mother Teresa's doing or, or what these people say that women are going to be the next Dalai Lama say like get people to get a little freaked out so they jump into the river and step away from the tree and surrender but they have to start breaking down the identity we want emotion that's what we're here for we're here to dance I feel fear I feel anger I feel joy I want to dance and feel it all and so keep speaking the things that make people a little uncomfortable yeah. I mean so I think just it's beautiful just to clarify, I think people reacted because he had said that the woman had to be attractive. It might have been lost in translation, oh, but maybe yeah. hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it might have been lost in translation, but I think maybe, maybe it was a a a a, a realization that women gets cut such slack that really that's all they see. But it kind of set off this whole thing about, oh my God, the Dhamma doesn't think women could. And, and it's like people were ready to cancel. And it's like, no, you can't negate all the good things the Dhamma has done. You don't really understand, you know, there was no further sure. questioning. There was no like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> right. Well, there was like just a reaction, a visceral reaction. And it's like, okay, let's just, and I think we are in such a, it seems like the world is in such a state of reaction that we're not really allowing that surrender so that we can get curious about one another. I agree. And curiosity is the, the curiosity is the creation. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about you take the wisdom of adulthood and you keep the curiosity of childhood and there's life. You can't throw away that. Can curiosity. you say that again? Take the wisdom of adulthood 
and you integrate the curiosity of childhood, that's what an adult really, that's maturity to me. (laughs) Like I still want, I want people to go, you act like a child. And if they really (laughs) dig deep and realize what it is, I'm curious, like, I want to try that. I want to do that. I want to do that. And it seems hyperactive and silly and goofy. And you're right. It is because I want to engage. I don't want to die because I'm old and just drift into the, you know, my death. I want it. I want people to be in the midst of a conversation with me and suddenly like, Scott, Scott, you know, like you're still living, being curious. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, when you look at children, they have such a vivid imagination. Like they could play by themselves for hours and imagine mm-hmm. like kingdoms and castles and so on. And so, and, but we lose that, that we, we shame it. We shame it into submission and we shame it into like, you know, elimination. And, and that really prevents us from, we become so resistant and so constricted. And I think that's where sometimes we struggle. I think you're hundred percent right. I, I think if we just stayed curious, just change, just look at everybody, you know, that you love that there's, there's something that you're not, you want to change. I, I, I can bet anything. If you add curiosity to the mix of that person, a lot of the things that maybe frustrate you would disappear. Yeah. You know, the people just set in their identity and their ways, like just eliminate that. We could have a show right now, whatever you tell me, if it's right and, and, or if it leans more toward truth than everything I believe, I'll chuck everything right now. And I, I mean that <laughs> like people who know me well, be like, it's true. You know, I'll believe like so much stuff, but, but I'm, I'm literally waiting for you to throw in a piece of information that destroys my whole formula. It's kind of like crossword puzzle. And all of a sudden you're like, damn, that was wrong or Sudoku or whatever. They're all wrong now. <laughs> cool. I'm really mad that I got to start over. But I'm actually more excited that now I've got an opportunity to get the board right. Yeah. And it's an opportunity to really expand your consciousness, right? Like the, the, yeah. everything that we see in the world has been created by our level of consciousness. So when we say, well, I didn't directly participate in racism. Yeah, we did because we other other people. So everything that has been created in our life reflects our level of consciousness. So, and that's the hard part which I'm sure you find with your clients as well, which is like, you got to change for your world to change. And it's like, no, no, I want bump to change. (laughs) I want Scott to change so that I can feel good or I can feel peace or I can feel whatever. Right. And I think that's the hardest part about us really creating a different world. It's really sort of. Cause we don't. So, so go back to the first thing we talked about trusting yourself and loving yourself. If you truly buy in that you're a fractal or perspective point of source and you love yourself and trust yourself, then what happens? You realize the amazing hugeness of you. But the thing is, if someone comes up to me in the street, even today, if I'm in a bad mood or things are off and says, Hey, Scott, if you change, the world will change. I'm like, we just shut up and stop throwing all the jargon at me because 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 I go to human. I go full human. Yeah. I get yeah. I get involved. In my And I'm, I won't really say that, but but you know what I'm saying? In my brain, I go back to that. Oh, is all the stuff I even say true? Oh, my God. And I start to question. But I know what that is. That's comfort surfacing, saying, mm-hmm. Scott, maybe you're not that big. Maybe maybe. And I'm not saying big in an ego way. It's the opposite. It's hard maybe you can't change the world by changing and you start to question it. All that is, is the safety showing up the illusion. It's, it's that unconscious mind saying, remember when the gym teacher said, you're not good enough. The teacher said, you're not smart enough or a certain person in the neighborhood said you're a troublemaker. It's all coming back to slow you down from your growth. And, and the reality is right to the first question is trusting yourself. 
trust yourself because you know yourself. I am source. I am a chunk of source. So if I change me, that's recalling source, then of course the world changes. But, but even in saying that, sometimes it feels overwhelmingly scary, mm-hmm. but we're both doing it. We're sitting here and having a conversation. I'm going to sit and have another conversation, another podcast. I'm going to you know, teach some students. We're going to be back at school next week. I'm going to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. But man, I need reboots and I get sucked <laughs> into my human and I make plenty of mistakes, but I don't fail. I learn. So. So one of the questions that I know I have had from people I've worked with is how do I turn, how do I learn to trust myself? Well, because I fell in love with this person and this person was wrong for me or I live. So then people stop kind of trusting their heart. So in your case, you were guided to do this goal of movement, but when you went to schools, you had some challenges, mm-hmm. right? And so, so how did those challenges not help you doubt yourself, but rather pivot in maybe in a different way? Yeah. So, so here's the thing. And, and this is, we have to make mistakes. We have to try, you have to keep moving and doing and doing and doing, and then respond to what's in front of you, not react, not come with emotion be like, this sucks. This didn't work. I'm angry. Oh, I see why that didn't work as well as it could have. I see how that could grow. And the first thing that happened to me was I went in these schools and I was so authentic and real and transparent that the kids were like, they became very emotional. So I opened up Pandora's box. Now, some of the emotion was joy. Some was lots of crying. Some was fear. Some was, I don't know if I can even go home. I need to talk to somebody, but here's what happens. You've got a bunch of kids who have been anesthetized. They're on their Ritalin. They're told to shut up. They're told to come to school and do as they're told. They go back and forth and home and they're not living. They're barely in survival mode. We're going to create more and more adults who are into the idea of division, into the idea of corporate slavery, into the idea of just do the same thing over and over and over if we allow that. And so when I went into the schools, what I noticed was I literally cracked the code or no, I take that back. I created a system of mirrors that allowed the kids to crack the code to open up into this world and truly thrive. And in that space, guess who shut the box? the teachers, because they didn't know that they could manage this school if their emotions opened up. They looked at themselves. They said, I don't know that I can trust myself. Am I even a teacher? I saw it. And so all these kids who need something now have another form of abandonment. We like the message. We got the tools. We're in love with it. And now they're shut down again. And now I'm part of the problem instead of the solution. One thing I'll never do, and I, and I have this conversation daily in my own home, is that part of the problem? Is that like, you know, the things that your kid is like, will you just shut up? Or your wife's like, is that part of the problem? Part of the solution? Is that part of the problem? Part of the solution? <laughs> and I want it to come back. And I say it. So it comes back at me, even though I'm delivering something, I'm going to schools and only creating a moment. We don't need a moment. We need something more permanent. So now what I'm doing is I'm kind of rebooting that, figuring out which schools will fully receive it. And the teachers and the staff are ready, but mostly I'm actually coaching, you know, people just like us, you know, somebody who might be a corporate employee, a nurse, or just, just everyday people who can go into the schools and with their own kids and their own groups, bring the tools and make sure they're being handed off correctly and become the mirror that we're talking about. So, yeah, I say all the time in my class, I'm like, yeah, I was definitely wrong with that. You know, I say it to my kid, I'm like, okay, I, I, I was completely wrong. And, you know, 
kids look at you almost like you're crazy. And then instantly guess what they do? They have a ton of respect for you because they're like, you're not like everybody else. And I'm like, the truth is I am like everybody else. I'm just realizing that I am source. And why would I be belittling other components of source? And so that's where I'm sitting right now. And I don't know if that's an enlightened moment. I don't know what doesn't matter. I'm going to keep doing it. And I want to see more people do it. So Go Love Now has shifted from a school program into a space where, you know, somebody could take a 12 week coaching program. I do pretty much everything we've said in here, words, compassion, talking about forgiveness. It's all it's all in there. It's a it's almost like going into a, a room of mirrors for 12 weeks that will enhance every part of your life and you'll walk out a completely different person that will be self-driven. I'll just be there supporting and 10 other people that you'll end up falling in love with. You'll just walk out a better person. And it's, it's really fun. Yeah. It's really fun. Thank you for sharing your journey. I, I think I saw a similarity between the journey that you had done in, in my journey. I definitely fully support and agree about how, like, you know, the, I find that there is a willingness in young, younger people to kind of talk about this or, or be able to look at it. But there is a lot of resistance from like maybe the adults in their life because they don't, they may not know how to regulate. But one of the things I think that I learned in my journey is that I, and this might not apply to you, that I had a vested interest in, 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 in that was kind of the human part of it in, in that changing. And I think one of the things that I'm starting to go, going back to the topic of surrender is allowing the journey to take me where it's supposed to be. And, and those people that are supposed to be there will come to me rather than me going, because I tried to do it for many years in child welfare, right? How do we inject greater compassion into the child welfare system? Like I saw the kids and the families and suffering, and I really got caught in the whole concept of suffering. But when you look at things from the perspective of everybody's divine and everybody's here on the journey and they can't get it wrong, like you said, right? You can't get it wrong. You fail or you learn. That allows me to sort of relax and say, you know, they're on their journey. And if I'm here shining my light and that's my husband's big on, I just want to show my light. <laughs> and I'm like, but I want to change it. I, I'm helping the children. But really it's, it's how do you allow yourself to surrender in, in, in make change in a different way? Cause you have to pivot, right? Obviously your original plan was, and I love that you have done that because you're still, you, you, it's not like you stopped trusting yourself. You just decided, oh, okay, maybe the approach has to be different. It didn't stop you from trusting yourself, which I think is great. That what you just said is total genius and needed to be said. And I'm glad you, you shared that because, you know, think of how we're taught. We're, we're taught to, you know, you, you go to school, you figure out your interest, you decide that that's your why, and you take that why, and then you run with it and you create a plan because we're taught to be intellectually smart. So if you're somebody who's been blessed with a big brain, you want to use your big brain, but, but that's the, the biggest thing that, that puts an eclipse on our heart. And our heart needs to be what's big. I mean, I've just seen so many times where I, start, I, I try to create, try to create, and there's been so much resistance. And the universe is literally just kicking me in the face and just kicking me in the face. And I'm like, the world sucks. Everyone's wrong. What's wrong with me? I, this is the perfect program. If every kid had this, the whole world would change. Here's the deal. <laughs> the, the universe is literally saying, calm down. Just calm down and be. And as soon as, I mean, I was at 20, if I was in your podcast, I'd be like, I'd have charts. I'd be going like, and this is what we need to do. And if everyone does this today, you'll be a 50. And, and I was like the teacher. And now I'm just like, listen, here's, I'm speaking to you from my heart. 
this is what feels right. This has worked for me. These people have done this. Here's a couple of tools. Use it if you can. You know, I'm all in support of you. But back to the big thing is look inside for the answers. If you're getting internal roadblocks, trust them far more than anybody else. It's it just just say, what am I doing wrong? Or not what am I doing wrong? What could I do differently? There's there's one thing I have people write a mission statement in my my group. And I don't always tell everybody that's everything that's in the group, but this is what will happen. The first time they write it, they're going to say this. I want to create a better world for my children and I'm going to do everything for my wife and I'm going to be the best chef in the world and the whole world's going to change. Oh, great. Okay, cool. So what happens if your wife isn't here? What happens if your children aren't here? And what if you can't be a chef anymore because you cut your fingers off? And I'm just making stuff up. So that means now your whole purpose is gone. <laughs> and so... I'm going to go through very quickly just to see what this would look like. But I'm going to say, first and foremost, source put you here with brilliance. So how are you going to bring that brilliance to the world? And then they say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be an amazing chef who, you know, makes amazing meals. I'm like, okay, great. Okay. So what if you can't be a chef? So finally they start, I started to ask them questions like, what do you do in your day-to-day -day life that, that really makes you happy? And they're like, I coach baseball, I'm a chef, and they start talking about everything. And so we break it down and we realize it's not the cooking, the food. It's that's the vehicle that you use to bring people together and make people happy. And with more questioning, they start to say, I bring people together and I create memories and moments. And I'm very good at bringing people together and getting them to connect because connection is everything. And then suddenly I'm like, you do that in baseball, you do it at home, you do it. So that's, your, that's what you're supposed to be doing. And the people that you love are your, your wife, the children, the kids you coach, or the, or the people come in. So now just let that love from your brilliance overflow. And so you start realizing, wait a second, this is not like it's way simpler, but we've, we've decided our identity. I am a chef. I am a dad. I am a husband. I'm good at all. Just, just be a brilliant a perspective point of a God source creator and just dump that brilliance all over the place in your dance. That's it. And I know it sounds, you've got to keep coming back and trusting and saying these things and resisting the noise that says, I have to hold on to the tree and just, just play in the river and dance. And I, I, all I have to say is this, if you're close in a space that this makes a ton of sense and you're like, I'm doing that or almost doing that. Awesome. If this makes no sense yet, don't even worry about it because conceptually the things that are sitting here aren't really sitting here. They're being planted here. Mm -hmm. Receive it. If it makes no sense, mm -hmm. just sit. Maybe somebody else makes that, you know, nurtures that seed down the road. You forget anything that was said here. It doesn't matter. Just allow your heart to receive it. Cause you guys mm -hmm. are all going to do this. We're walking home together. Beautiful journey. Oh, I love that you said that. And I love the fact that you mentioned about planting seeds. Cause that's really all mm -hmm. we're doing is, is sharing with each other. And you never know what the seed's going to sprout. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that's that's so important. And I also really appreciate that you talked about being versus doing. Have yes. we not been doing to death? Like it just seems yeah. like, but but I was taught that. I was a do, like, you're supposed to keep doing and doing and doing. And the key to success is doing. And the more you do, the more you do on social media, the more you grow your business, that way you got to do. And for me, like the allowing is sort of like, you kind of have to go out of your mind and into your heart. You kind of have to stop doing what other people are doing, but there's times when you're like, 
Am I just totally like out there or am I really just tapping into? So it, it goes back to that self-trust, right? Because when you look out there, the doing, everybody's constantly doing. And so it's not about the beingness, but really that's the key to the alignment, which is the key to the manifestation, right? What are your thoughts? I want to make this so simple because I danced in this space forever and I'd hear people saying like, you're a human being, not a human doing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but you, you can't do anything. Like if you just be, then nothing happens. This is, this is the whole thing. Watch this. If source, so real quick, so you create your mission, right? So you've got that. Why? And my, why is my, why is very simple. I empower those who have lost hope or are suffering to find their brilliance and share it with the world. So I'm getting people through this podcast or my teaching through all that. When somebody is in that space of suffering and they can't, they can't find their way out of it. So imagine this, and this is the easiest way to look at it. If I'm going to do all these things, and that's what I want to see in my life is I did all this. If we know that we're an eternal being and we're connected to source in the moment of being is where we're getting all of our energy, our downloads. So think of this, okay? You always hear about the present moment. You listen to people like Eckhart Tolle and, and they're talking about present mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. If right now I'm thinking in my head, I have to do another podcast tonight. I've got to run and eat dinner with my wife. Then I'm supposed to meet somebody. There's like still some emails I have to send. Then I'm not present. But here's the thing. If right now I just take a deep breath. And I just know that this game that I'm dancing in right now, it's all going on around me. And I just recall exactly what my mission is. So I'm here helping people achieve their brilliance. What's happening to me right now is I'm very, very, I'm here. Like I'm looking around and feeling everything's just kind of resonating. I just feel connected because I'm creating that connection with source. So I mean, even listen to some of the things, if you guys want to listen to this podcast again, listen to some of the things where you're like, oh, that really connected with me. I can tell you right now, I don't speak from here anymore. That's why sometimes I'll get lost too. I'm speaking from my heart. I'm, I'm literally dialing in in the present moment and receiving, and I'm just channeling what I'm feeling with you guys. And when I say feeling, it's coming through my heart. Like I'm out of my mind and into my heart. When I say in my 20s, I'd be like this, this, this. I would study to say, make sure they get the 10 points. Make sure they know this. Make sure they know this. I won't even know what I said afterwards. I'll listen to it later and go, that was really nice. I really don't. <laughs> and we don't plan any of this. I said, yeah. you know, she, she's like, yeah. do you want to plan it? She's like, do you want to plan? I'm like, just ask me whatever you want. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I think we need to do more of because the more comfortable I am or you are or we are in the present moment, the more we're connected to source, the less noise or tree is going to hold us back and we're just going to be in the river flowing. And that's when the dance really gets beautiful. It's very fluid, super dynamic, super mm-hmm. wonderful. And, and if that sounds crazy, just think again. All the food, all the nourishment, all the beauty, all the truth from source is only coming to me when I'm being, not while I'm doing. So that's why we're human beings. When I sit and I receive I'm elevating and I'm amplifying and I can be that light that I'm saying that's going to help people walk home. If I give you like 15 ways to be smarter or 30 ways to make more money, just stop it. Stop it. (laughs) 
So, uh, and, and you really got me thinking as you were talking about when you take action from a place of inspired of inspiration mm. right and mm. so when you actually go oh and it doesn't feel like work right it does it feels like joy because you're inspired to do something like the way you were inspired to talk to the young people about love yeah. and about loving themselves and so it doesn't feel like work but i think we kind of have historically been taught that you got to grind it out and there's got to be a payment for this this to, to experience this life which is we've been doing ourselves such a disservice right Hundred percent. Yeah, and, and and everything has to come with a, a currency exchange that you know it's always monetary. Like, yeah, it, it's it's very interesting because, and that would be another that would be another great discussion. I have a whole show on the the currencies that we accept for our time. Because first and first for first of all, time is a man made construct, and we don't need to go into depth on that. But if oh, yeah. time's a man made construct, and the currency exchange for time is what. They're all constructs. And so what I've been starting to really do is think of abundance and receiving in what does that currency look like if we're energetic beings. And so, you know, this to me is currency sitting here talking to you right Mm -hmm. now, you know, knowing that this is going to sit out there for people to grow from, from, or maybe plant a seed as we discussed, man, this is priceless. Like if I'm an extension of source and I'm dialing into source to share this message, there's currency in that. And I know what's going to happen because this is how the world works. When I need an extra nickel to do this or do this, someone new will sign up for coaching. You heard this, or someone will hire me to be a speaker. I don't advertise. I don't spend money on it. Like anytime something is needed for me to grow, it shows up. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know how to do SEO. I don't even know how this gets places. <laughs> I really don't know. I know someone's going to listen to it and call me. I'm going to say, thank you so much. I love you. You're the best. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter to me. I, and maybe I'm doing too much human being, but, but I really, really do believe in that. No. And I think that's the beauty of surrender. And I think that goes to that inspired action. Like, you know, like instead of attracting and aligning rather than forcing and pushing and make it happen. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I myself have done it. I know people that didn't really advertise stuff and stuff just comes like my husband's one of them. He just like stuff just comes when he's ready to allow it just, and you're like, but how did they know? Like, right. And it's so weird. Our friends, my friend Susan Marie is the same way as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, it, it it's just, and it, it, it really is kind of like a paradox to live in those two worlds, to see it this is. part where people are grinding it out and they're like, and that's how you do. And then to see that, that how you had talked about grace, the allowance and the grace of the things that flow. And then people consider that lucky, but that's everyone's birthright. It's all of our birthrights to live that way, to live in joy yep. and to, to be able to flourish that way. hundred percent. And, and so it is this simple, right? Like think of what you just said, you know, you're saying that you know, your husband just almost changes the channel and suddenly it all comes or I'll just get into a space and then it comes or my wife says, hey, we need this and it comes. This is exactly what's happening. When you are in alignment with your mission and so that's your why, once that's dialed in and you're aligning to it, so you're living it, the universe goes, this station's really clear and then they put all the good music on that station. That good music is the how. So what happens is once I define my why, and I know exactly what it is, all my vehicles align to that. I'm teaching people as a business professor, as a podcast host, on a podcast as a guest, 
as a coach, as a, re, you know, we have retreats all over the world. My wife and I, we're doing stuff that's, it's all the same. I'm finding people and I'm helping them find their brilliance and share it with the world. So once you align with that and, and that's in alignment, the universe is going to go, this is exactly how this world grows to be a more beautiful place. And it's going to hand you the how. And the how is the currency. So I know that sounds crazy because you have to go, let's go back again, the full loop. You have to trust you. And what are you? Extend the sense of self. You are source, you are creator. So once I trust me, aka trust source, if I have that mission in alignment and I have the vision to allow that mission to unfold, the how is going to show up. And, mm-hmm. and as I say that, I want to say that slowly because I, I'm going back to 20-year-old me, 30-year-old me, 10-year-old me. And I'm trying to think of the way to phrase it. And I'm, I'm hopefully I'm doing it in a decent way because there's days where I would have been like, what are you talking about? Like if I heard some old man, 51 year old man telling 20, I'm like, you're nuts, dude. But I can, I can promise you that I went through many battles to get to this place, to get out of my mind and into my heart. And you will reap, this is the reward you're going to reap. You're going to reap peace and deep connection with self and others. Now listen to that again. If you do the things we're talking about, when and if you're ready, you're going to reap deep connection and peace and feels good. feels good. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the things that people need to be, have to be willing to do is to let go of the identities that really hold them down, as you had mentioned, because to be honest, like if you had asked me like maybe five years ago, 10 years ago, that I would be doing a podcast on this, I would have said no way. Like, I didn't even know what a podcast was. But I really honestly had a calling. It was almost like a pushing that this is what needed to happen. This my probably was my life plan. Whatever I wrote out in the, I <laughs> before it. I came, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. But I had a very set idea of what I thought my purpose was. And so it wasn't so much about trusting myself, not trusting myself. It was, it was the allowance of being able to open up my possibilities to be even bigger. Because for me, I always thought like, you know, what you had said about going to schools, I thought, oh, I'm going to transform child welfare. It's going to be more compassion and more loving, you know, yeah. that kind of resistance. And, and, it's and not, it's awesome not the perfect goal. way, Scott, that they just get them to, to grind that love in there. And so, but it didn't work. Like there was just, so I, and that's what I kept hitting wall after wall and so much resistance. And it was really when I was willing to just go, okay, I'm completely open and receptive to what the universe or source would like me to do. Just offer me some guidance to the next step and the next step and the next step. And that's how I kind of started doing this podcast. And it was a series of people with extraordinary stories of compassion for giving extraordinary things or talking about amazing things like yourself today that I ended up doing it. I, I, and everything sort of fell into place, which was, it was, again, I didn't know what a podcast was. Yeah, and totally so every, it. It, it's totally and so you're you are correct and that the how reveals itself and when you're in alignment when you're in your path it just kind of shows we just often s- are so stuck on those identities like i am giselle i am this woman i am this latino i am this mother i am this whatever i used to work in child welfare and thought i was going to change it all of these identities that we have we have to be willing to let go which can feel a little bit scary so my, my next question to you is in those moments when you were the most scared, when you were feeling really challenged to move beyond those safety, comfort boundaries, what helped you? 
I ask a lot of questions, a lot of <laughs> questions. No, like my, my answer was like, they're so fast. I heard you like asking it. And, and I, I, to this day, like, like I will sit here. Like if you said like, Hey, let's try a new, a new food. And for some reason it scares me. I'm going to be like, well, how do they make it? Well, are you sure it won't make me sick? Is it really spicy? Is like, I'm going to be like a child. And so again, what did we talk about earlier? Curiosity. I'm going to ask as many questions so that I can understand what this might look like. I think too many of us, like we go into something and the fear is we don't have answers. So things can get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And you can be very afraid, but you start asking questions. And then you're like, oh, it doesn't sound that bad. Okay. So, okay. That's not, it's not so we're crazy. actually questions whittle down the size of the thing that we think we can't get to. And mm-hmm. I, by the way, I love spicy. So that wouldn't be a question. I was, I would say, can you I make don't. this? But I love it. <laughs> I'm like, thank God that I can dance. Cause I think they're going to pull my Latino car. <laughs> they're like, you don't like spicy. Yeah. I don't think we might have. It's to. funny. You were just saying the dancing. So like we have these things that we do to always enrich our relationship. And I, I've got a few good moves in salsa. So I can do one. I can do like one or two dances in salsa. I'm just like, Oh man, your husband can dance. But then I have, it's the same moves. <laughs> so she's like, tonight, I'm going to teach you two more moves. I'm like, and nice. I'm weird. I, I dance like for her. I like it, but I do it like definitely for, I wouldn't go dance my own, you know, Yeah. but, yeah. but I do see the value. So I'm going to have two more moves and maybe next time we can show the moves nice. live on air. Yeah, for sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be absolutely terrific. Yeah. Just but so the fear is breaking down the fear is questions. That's ask a lot of questions. Of people it who have been there before. It gives you a sense of like, okay, how yeah. can I get a little bit more? I know you have to go. So I want to give you an opportunity. I want you to share with the audience what you're working on. What do you want them to know? Absolutely. So, um, you know, one of the things that I do, I'm um, like you is as a podcast host, I have a show called The Unfiltered Experience. And you can find us at theunfilteredexperience.com. You can see our links where they're video cast on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Spotify, iTunes, all those places you can listen to the audio version. Also, if you want to go to scottgoyette.com or golovenow.com, you can learn more about the programs. One of the things that I'm doing, like I said, is the 12-week coaching program. We're constantly doing those. So I'll have roughly every three months, I start up another. Sometimes I take a mental break two weeks between. We also do, <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. Also doing uh, quite a few retreats. You can go to my wife's page at Meditation Mother. It's meditation, then M-U-T-H-A.com. And there's all kinds of retreats. And we've got one in Tanzania. It's going to be in February of 2023. Every year we're in Costa Rica. There's a bunch. Bottom line, go, go to those places. We, there's no shortage of nonstop things happening and we love to share other people's stuff and go to everything and connect and plant seeds and just, just meet up. So yeah, that's it. Oh, thank you so much. I'm doing the meditation retreat. It's so much fun. It's so good. It, it, it really is. Like it. Yeah. It, yeah. And you know, it's crazy. The, 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 I've loved every one of them. And yesterday's was really upsetting me. I felt agitated and I figured out what it was. So the woman's voice reminded me of teachers who were condescending. It was almost like they were like talking to you. And so I was having trouble listening to it because of a PTSD moment. Yeah. Where I was like, it felt condescending. And I was like, it was irritating me. And I had to listen to it finally, but that's what I came up with. Cause I was really, you know, I'm sitting here trying to be like, it's just me. It's just, and I'm, and I'm like, what's wrong with this woman? And I was actually mad at her by like minute 15. I literally mm. like, you know, it, it's a great, it's a great meditation. It's just me, yeah. but that's, what's so fun 
about being in practice. So. What a gift, huh? What a gift in terms of the awareness that you can actually just kind of go, oh, okay, that's what's happening. And so, you know, it's taken like, a lot of time to, to get go. there. That was yeah. not spoon fed. Oh, I would have no, just been mad at that not. woman for weeks, a couple of years back. <laughs> no, no, for sure. And we're getting better and better at it, right? Like, I, I, you know, I went to the bank today and got triggered by people that weren't able to help me. And so I was just practicing in the moment. Like, I'm like, thank you for this gift. Thank you for this gift. Although sometimes you're like, thank you for this gift. Thank you for this gift. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, Speak it first, become it later, whatever it takes. Oh, I'm with thank you. Thank you for this gift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Uh, love it. Oh, it was such a pleasure having you. We hope that you come back. I would love And uh, yeah. And please uh, tune in for another episode of the Love and Compassion Podcast with Giselle. See you soon. Love you guys. Love you.